Greetings, I'm Dr. Anthony Smith of Alashe Center for Enrichment and welcome to Black Folks Do Therapy, where we endeavor to challenge you to think critically about your mental health and overall wellness. Our goal is to inspire you to align your actions and values so that you might live your life fully 86,400 seconds every single day. We do this in part by asking questions and raising issues that you may not have previously considered. Ultimately, we encourage you to do those things that help you to live your best life consistently, always working towards balance. Greetings, and thank you for joining us again. We're glad to have you listening and tuning in to this episode where we're going to be talking about the process of grief today. We recently witnessed this week the passing of a great NBA basketball player, Kobe Bryant, in addition to eight other passengers that were on the helicopter with him when he uh, was involved in a crash that took all nine of their lives. It was a very tragic moment for a lot of people and elicited a lot of feelings from people um, that we're going to get into and talk about what those feelings mean and uh, what we should do with those feelings. Grief is something that we all experience at some point. Um, it's a necessary process of life. Um, when you think about things that we do, when you think about life, it's clear that everybody on earth is born and everybody will die. That is just something that none of us are going to be able to avoid. There's no solution to it. So if we understand that, it can begin to help us appreciate the process of life and death and position ourselves in a way that we can think about how we are living our lives so that when that time does come, we can go gracefully, if at all possible. Of course, there are times where it's unexpected, like this tragic episode that occurred. So we don't have time to prepare ourselves necessarily, but there are things that we can do in the way we live our lives that can have us prepared. So mentally, thinking about this thing that comes for everyone, it teaches us how to live our lives on a daily basis so that when it comes, it's something that we don't have to be fearful of. So when we think about this example of, of what's recently happened, we see a lot of times for many people this wave of emotions that have um, come across and hit people. Uh, you see uh, th this 24-hour news cycle where everywhere you looked, you saw news of this tragedy. You couldn't avoid hearing about it and knowing about it. Uh, indeed, whenever a superstar or someone who is famous passes away. I think about Michael Jackson or Whitney Houston. There's this enormous wave of sadness that impacts society as a whole. And 
when you think actually world icons, it impacts society all over the world. And you see people as the tributes started to come in, you see people expressing their sadness and their and their dismay. Um, the thing that makes this even more emotional is the relative youth of um, this particular superstar, Kobe Bryant. And um, again, there were eight other people on the plane who also passed away, including his daughter. And that adds yet another element of sadness in that his uh, daughter and two other young uh, girls who were teammates of hers, the very young age of 13, with so much life to live ahead of them, uh, passed away. So there are many people who have lost daughters, who have lost a mother, a father, a son, a loved one, a best friend. Many, many people were affected by this. So these emotions that come about when we're observing these uh, tragedies that are put in the forefront of the, uh, TV and radio, when we're observing them, what often can happen is it brings up feelings of pain that we may have from the loss of a loved one uh, in our life. Right? We think about tragic moments that we experience where um, our loved one was in a car accident or they had uh, cancer that they were battling or whatever the case may be that caused them to pass away. We remember that thing and it brings it back forward. And all of those emotions from that time come rushing to the forefront as we are able to identify with what the loved ones in this tragic incident might be identifying with. So I want to talk a bit about what those feelings are and give a context for appreciating and understanding those feelings and then being able to work through what those emotions mean. There was a There was a researcher, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who developed the concept of the stages of grief when someone passes away. And these stages include denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. In denial, that's what we see happening on Sunday when the helicopter crashed, right? People were getting phone calls and text messages and seeing alerts flash across their screens. And for many people, it's like, no, this can't be happening. This is a joke. Many people really thought that somebody was engaging in a cruel hoax and said as much. At some point, it became clear that this wasn't a hoax, that it actually was real and had happened. So when this occurs, we have this initial, no, this can't be the case, even in our, own, in our own lives. There's this, oh, my God, especially when it's unexpected. We're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened. And we just know we, our brains will not accept it. I just saw the person yesterday. I just talked to them last week. No, this can't have happened. So we go through that stage of denial until we move through that, and move into the next stage of anger where we are upset that 
this person has been taken away from us and we won't have another opportunity to speak with them, to share time with them, to enjoy their presence. Uh, anger at, even in this situation with Kobe Bryant, the coverage of the way um, the information was leaked out before his family even got to know about it. Anger that, why did this happen? This young four-year-old is no longer going to be with us. Why did this happen? It's not fair. We're sometimes angry with God, angry with the creator that he would allow such a thing to happen. Where's the fairness of it all? We find ourselves questioning things at times um, in regard to the fairness of it. And so that anger can sit with us and we can be frustrated as we have to get into the planning of how we're going to go through the burial process and send our loved ones on. Then we ultimately move to a place of bargaining. Well, why can't you just take me, God, instead of somebody else? Or I'll live a better life if you just don't allow this to happen. Um, we try to find ways to make it okay to bargain. And really there's nothing that we can do to undo the hands of time and the way things have manifested. We move through these three stages relatively quickly compared with the fourth stage, with this, which is depression, where we are quite sad and upset about um, the loss of our loved one. So that depressed mood can bring about feelings where we don't want to eat, where we can't sleep, where we find our thoughts racing, we find ourselves crying for the slightest thing. Um, our mood is just very, very low, and we don't feel like doing anything. There isn't a time frame for how long we stay in that space. It can be a couple of days. It could be a couple of weeks, a couple of months. It can even be a couple of years uh, that people are in a space of being depressed. And ultimately, the final stage is acceptance, um, where we come to the final realization that life continues to flow and as I said previously, people are born, people die every single second. Someone is being born, someone is passing on. And so we come to a space of acceptance, even if we still don't like it, even if we still are feeling a certain way about it, we have to accept that it has happened and nothing we say or do is going to change what has occurred. Now, these stages are not meant to be a cookie-cutter approach to thinking about this process, right? Everyone doesn't necessarily go through each one of the stages, um, and nor is it necessarily a sequential uh, matter. The stages are just useful out... Uh, they, the stages serve as a useful outline for how we can understand the process of death and ways we can position ourselves to move through that process in the healthiest manner possible so that we can come out on the other side 
um, in a space where we can continue moving forward, living our lives fully, which incidentally, the people who pass on, when you think about how they love us, one of the things people say frequently at funerals or, or in situations where a loved one has passed on is, how would they have wanted you to live? People often say things like, they would have wanted me to live my life. They would have wanted me to not be sad. They would have wanted me to, right? We have these things we say our loved ones would have wanted, but often we don't follow what we say our loved ones would have wanted. We instead stay in our space of sadness, which is interesting to me that we would do the opposite of what the person would have wanted us to do. So, I encourage people to think about that and think about what love really is. If we want to love and honor the person that we say we care so much about, shouldn't we try to find a way to get ourselves to a space where we are in fact, in, in fact actually doing that? That's not to say that it doesn't take a lot of effort and energy and that some sadness, you know, it's inevitable. The, our emotions, by the way, are instructive. We are supposed to be able to experience the range of emotions and the pantheon of emotions that exist. So there's nothing wrong with being sad. There's nothing wrong with being angry. It's what we do with those things that determines for us whether it is a positive or a negative experience. So if I get angry and decide to throw a brick through somebody's window, that's not a good way to utilize my anger. If I get angry and decide to go work out or go run a mile or to journal, now I am channeling that anger in a positive way. So our emotions also serve to help us appreciate the opposite emotion. Everything in life is on a continuum, right? So there's good and there's bad. There's Passive, there's aggressive. There are these continuums in life that in an extreme are in excess and they cause us problems, right? If we're too aggressive, that causes a problem. If we're too passive, that can cause a problem. Yet there's a time where we need to be aggressive and there's a time where we need to be passive. Uh, you can think about times in life where that's the case. And so the, the feelings also help us to appreciate when we can really appreciate sadness and anger we can then understand and fully embrace happiness and joy. And so our, the, our circle of emotions help us to really appreciate and experience life in a way that allows us to embrace everything that comes. So this situation is no different. From the sadness comes joy. And as we are able to really think about it and appreciate it in that manner, we can move forward in a positive way. On the other hand, one thing I frequently talk to people about every single day, and it's part of the introduction, where, you know, which is living your life fully, 86,400 seconds every single day. And I think that if we are able to do that, then when this situations where our loved ones transition on, when that situation occurs, we can find ourselves in a space where we appreciate the 
energy that went into us maintaining a positive, healthy relationship with them, us calling them and reaching out to them and spending time with them when we could have, as opposed to being in a space where we are, we have regrets. Oh, I wish I would have called them. Oh, I wish I would have gone by to visit. Live our lives fully every single day. Living our lives fully every single day means that we don't have those regrets because we've done all the things that we have, would have wanted to do to make these things a reality. So every single day we should be asking ourselves, am I allowing myself to do those things that fully engage me and keep me moving forward? Take out the space. I believe that if we are able to do that, then we have moved ourselves along a path where we can better accept the pain that comes with the loss of someone. So in closing, I want to talk a little bit about allowing yourself to go through the grief process. It's important to be patient with yourself and to not feel like, oh, I can't have these feelings. I should be over this by now. There isn't a set rule for how long it takes to grieve. Be patient with yourself while at the same time you are doing things to keep yourself moving forward. Right. So if you are having problems with your appetite, you're not feeling like eating. You can't make yourself eat necessarily, but you can do things like drink Ensure to ensure that you are getting vitamins into your body and keeping nutrients into your in your body. Right. Do little things like that to keep yourself moving. Try to go for a brisk walk. Stay active. Um, if you work out, Make yourself have a workout partner, encourage you to go and just do do the process of working out. You may not feel like doing it on the front end, but on the back end, your body will be very happy about it and you'll feel a lot better. So try to surround yourself with people that can keep you encouraged in doing things that um, keep you moving forward in a positive way. If you are having difficulty sleeping or with racing thoughts, again, allow yourself to find ways to relax. You might go to get a massage or go to a yoga class where you're doing deep breathing and finding ways to slow your thoughts down and slow your mind down so that you can get back to a space of peace. So you always want to do things that are nurturing your spirit, nurturing your body and treating yourselves with the tender love that is necessary to get through the grief of losing someone that you really, really care about. So. With that, I want to just say, uh, remember to. Appreciate life. To live your life as best you can to cherish all your moments, to stay connected with those that you say you love, 
to show them that you love them and tell them uh, so that it is not something that we have to think about or wonder about. We have the capacity to do and live our lives the way we want to. And we can make a choice every single day to live our lives fully or to be passive participants watching other people live their lives fully. So I hope that you will choose to be an active participant and be in charge of the way that you choose to spend your 86,400 seconds every single day. In closing, I want to remind you to always be a critical thinker as it relates to your mental health and well-being. We always want to inspire you to consciously question your choices to ensure that you are doing those things that bring you happiness and fulfillment. Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel and share the information with others who might benefit. Connect with us on Twitter at HeartMindHealer and visit our Facebook and Instagram pages at Alashe Center, A-L-A-S-E Center. Our website is Alashe.net, A-L-A-S-E.net. And feel free to contact us for any consultations or questions you might have. Things that I might be missing Running too fast to stop to listen It's time to step out on